Well, grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Okay, maybe, maybe I shouldn't say this, but Jesus sounds really stupid here. Right, I know he's the Savior of the world and all that. I know we should listen to him, but he seems completely out of touch with reality here. Right, listen again to what he says about anger. You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not murder. And whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. Um, no. That's not how it works. Getting angry with somebody is not the same thing as killing them. Sure, anger might lead somebody to kill, but there are plenty of people who get angry and never lay a hand on the person. Right? You don't get arrested just for losing your temper. Just listen to the news, read stuff online, talk to any students at school. There are plenty of people who say nasty things to each other. They don't go to jail for that. And besides, when God created us, didn't God give us emotions? And isn't one of those emotions anger? And aren't we supposed to be angry about certain things? Like injustice and abuse and violence? So if anger is so bad, then why did God give it to us in the first place? When creating humanity, couldn't God have just left that out of the recipe? It's kind of like hormones, which brings us to lust, the second thing Jesus talks about here. Yes, hormones have a certain function in our bodies, and we need them to grow, and God gave them to us. But they also have certain side effects, too, like making us lustful. And yet, Jesus said, You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Um, no. That's not how it works either. Yes, somebody's lust can lead them to commit adultery. But there are plenty of people who keep their thoughts private and their pants on. Nobody goes to jail just for checking somebody out. You can still admire that somebody is physically beautiful, right? I mean, plus, if God didn't want us to be lustful, then why didn't God remove that part of how hormones work? Couldn't that have been taken out of the recipe, too? I mean, also, finding somebody attractive is part of the reason why people get together in the first place. They like what they see, they get to know each other, they fall in love, they get married. Oh, but of course, after the chemical high fades away, sometimes people realize that they would be better off apart from each other. Which leads to divorce, the third thing Jesus talked about. Sometimes life would be better for both people if they weren't around each other anymore. Some of you know that from experience. 
I mean, yes, it's sad when a relationship ends, but divorce isn't always a bad thing, is it? I mean, like, we're okay when a dating couple realizes they aren't a good match and they break up. So why shouldn't it be okay when people realize that after they're married? What if it just took them a little bit longer to come to that realization? I mean, the relationship was already done before the divorce papers were signed, so what's the big deal? Oh, and speaking of getting things signed, sometimes we need witnesses to support our claims, right? Sometimes we need people to back up what we're saying. We even have people called notaries whose very job it is to witness you signing a paper. So sometimes we need to swear, which is Jesus' fourth topic here. And he's not talking about swearing in the sense of saying words that would get bleeped out. Rather, like, swearing in the sense of place your hand on the Bible and promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God. Sometimes we need to do that, right? Sometimes we need God as our witness. Otherwise, people won't believe what we're saying. So I know Jesus is a smart guy. And I appreciate that he's talking about real-life stuff here. But he seems completely clueless. He takes anger and lust and divorce and swearing to unnecessary extremes. So then what's going on? What are we supposed to do with this text then? Well, there's a few ways to answer that. The first option is to say that Jesus is wrong. He doesn't have a clue what he's talking about. So we can just dismiss him. Just ignore what he's saying and go on with our lives. No, but then again, he is the Messiah, and we are supposed to listen to him. So that doesn't really work. The second theory says that Jesus is a new Moses. And he's basically giving us the commandments 2.0. Like, if you noticed, before each of these four sections, he says... You have heard that it was said, but I say to you. Oh, but then just a few verses prior to this, he also said, Do not think that I've come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not come to abolish, but to fulfill. So Jesus isn't undoing what came before. Oh, and, and besides, if he is just a new lawgiver, then what was the point of him going to the cross? Right, anybody can give us laws. We need Jesus to be the Messiah. So that theory doesn't really work. A third theory says that all of this is meant to help us realize that we need the cross. We will never measure up to all of these standards that Jesus is laying out here. 
we will continue to get angry and be lustful and get divorced and swear. So we need a Messiah who will forgive us for all that. Okay, that's true. But if you go down that rabbit hole, then you could easily think that since we'll never be able to follow the law, that we shouldn't even try to follow it. But that would completely undo the good purpose of the law. And Jesus said he didn't come here to get rid of it. So that theory doesn't work. So that means Jesus isn't wrong. He's not undoing what came before. And the cross doesn't mean we shouldn't follow the law. So then what's going on here? Well, what's going on is something amazing. This part of the Sermon on the Mount reminds us of something incredibly important, which is also very good news. Here it is. Ready? God cares about our relationships. God cares about how we treat others and about how they treat us. And yes, I know you know that already. I know it's very basic. But sometimes we need extreme language to remind us of that. So think about it. Jesus knows that you can break somebody's heart without making it bleed. You can treat someone like a punching bag without ever laying a hand on them. Those things you say, those posts that you write, those offhand comments you make, sometimes they can destroy people more than any weapon ever could. Think again about all the nasty stuff you hear on the news or you read online. Think about people from one political party who say mean things about people in the other political party. Think about kids who are victims of cyberbullying. Think about the schoolyard taunts that never go away. They just change as you get older, even for adults. You can't tell me that kind of name-calling builds people up. You can't tell me those words give people life. You can't tell me that kind of anger is a good thing. Jesus is saying all of that is wrong. People are not to be treated like punching bags. Jesus also knows that we have hormones. And our hormones make us think that some people are physically attractive. However, when one person views another through lustful hormones, we objectify them. We treat that other person as a collection of beautiful body parts and not as a fellow child of God. And Jesus says that's wrong. It is so wrong 
that if we're willing to treat their body like objects, then we might as well treat our own body like objects and chop off our hands and gouge out our eyes. We wouldn't do that to ourselves, so we shouldn't do that to them either. People are not to be treated like objects to be lusted out. And also, Jesus knows that sometimes it's best for two people not to be together anymore. Sometimes they don't click as well as they thought they would. But he also knows that sometimes people just want an easy way out. Instead of trying to work through their problems, they see divorce as an ejection seat. When the plane is going down, instead of working to lift it up, they just hop out. Which might save their skin, but it hurts the other person even more. In other words, Jesus knows that sometimes one person just discards the other. But he says that's wrong. People are not to be treated like trash that is just tossed aside. They are much more important than that. Jesus also knows that we value truth-telling. We want to know that someone is reputable and reliable and respectable. But Jesus values people. And as people... We should be of such strong character that we don't need anybody else to witness to the validity of what we say. If we need to swear, if we need somebody else to confirm what we say, then we aren't treating somebody else like garbage. We're treating ourselves that way. Right? The whole point of swearing an oath is because the other party thinks you might lie. They don't trust you. You have made it so that your word is not reliable. And Jesus values people. So when that happens, Jesus says that's wrong. So did you catch all that? People are not to be treated like punching bags. People are not to be treated like objects to be lusted after. People are not to be treated like trash that's tossed aside. And people are not to see themselves and others as liars. So this is not a new set of laws. This is a promise based on the previous laws about how valuable people really are. This is a call to us to treat people as the wonderful children of God that they are. When we kill others with our words, when we treat them as objects for our own pleasure, when we toss them aside, and even when we aren't true to our own word, 
then we need Jesus as the Savior to forgive us. And he does. This also means that Jesus is here to stand up for you when others treat you like this. In other words, if someone ever uses their words to kill you, if they ever call you names or get angry at you, then Jesus says no to them, and he is there to love you. If someone else ever uses you for your body and ignores the fact that you are a child of God, then Jesus says no to them, and he is there to love you. If someone ever discards you like you are no longer important, then Jesus says no to them, and he is there to love you. And if you ever rely on swearing to convince others of the truth of your words, then Jesus says no to you, and he is there to love you. God cares about how we treat others, and about how others treat us. In the midst of our real, everyday lives, with broken relationships and shattered promises, with objectification and dehumanization, God still wants what is best for us. God still wants what is best for you. And Jesus shows us how to make that happen. Jesus will stand up for others when we mistreat them. And he will stand up for you when others mistreat you. So it turns out that Jesus is not stupid. He was right all along. But of course, he has a way of doing that. He loves you. And he always wants what is best for you. That's good news. So in the name of the one who loves us and calls us to love others, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.